Welcome to episode 22 of the Oxfordshire Teacher Training Podcast. I'm delighted to be sitting down today with our director, Patrick Garton, as we explore how we developed our ITT curriculum over the last few years, and in particular over this year. So what would you say are the aims of our curriculum, our ITT curriculum? It's a great question. It's the thing that really has, has motivated our work, I think, since we since we started the skit, the best part of 10 years ago, in a sense saying what, what are the things that we need to do in this initial training year to prepare people to, to, to go out into to the profession um, excited, uh, feeling confident and competent uh, with a desire to, to develop and, and improve further. And so I suppose that we had in mind two questions, really. What, what does somebody need to start uh, their NQT year, the year as a newly qualified teacher? And what do they need longer term to be somebody who thrives within the profession and, and operates within the system as it currently is, but also has the kind of vision and energy to, to sometimes reimagine the system? Um, people who might then question and, and, and develop and, 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 and argue for, for different ways of doing things. And that's, that's, I suppose, a significant part of our approach. You know, we've, we've always recognised that this, this, this period of training, either a year or, or in, in the case of our part-time programme, uh, 18 months, is, is initial. You know, it's really successful, uh, ongoing training and support, I think, is necessary three, five years and beyond into the profession. So we can't do everything, and we've therefore had to make some, you know, some decisions about what we prioritise, what we spend our time on, what we, what we uh, focus on in a very intentional way, recognising it's not going to be everything, um, and it's the first step in, in in a journey. And in that respect, I think we've been informed quite a lot by the the thinking uh, in recent years about the idea of, of of a transition from novice to expert, understanding that that novices see see the world and see see the the the, the area that they're operating within in a very different way to experts, and 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 treating people as such, is then, is then a helpful way of, of, of mapping out the, the territory. Those of you who know us very well, you'll know that um, you know, our fundamental aim is to create confident, competent and determined teachers who've got the capacity and drive to improve people outcomes. And I think it's also fair to say that you know, right from this early stage of thinking about um, the aims of our curriculum, we want a curriculum that means that knowledge, skills and behaviour that are gained during your training time Actually, it's all leading towards um, the progress that pupils, students are going to be making in their schools um, as we go through. And it's such an important part of, of everything there. The fact that we exist as a partnership of schools, that was very much our foundations were, were as a group of schools uh, across the county of Oxfordshire, special schools, primary schools, nursery schools and secondary schools. The knowledge that, that colleagues in those schools uh, bring, their understanding of the system, um, their understanding of their own individual schools and, and, and what makes people effective in those different com- uh, uh, contexts has been really important for us. So that that sort of sense of what we know um, as a group of schools has always been there as a thread that, that runs through everything we do. And, and that's part of our constant process of kind of reflection and refinement and, and evaluation and ongoing development to, to have input from, from colleagues across those different schools at lots of different levels. 
I suppose then we've also drawn on on a range of sources uh, in terms of you know education research and policy and thinking. A couple of things that really I suppose have stood out along the way: the 2014 um, Sutton Trust. Um, what makes great teaching report um, has has been a thing that's underpinned a lot of our thinking. Um, and then more recently, just uh, just in the summer of 2020, Professor Robert Coe then reworked a lot of that into the Great Teaching Toolkit. And I think that there's a couple of bits to say about, about both of those pieces of work. Firstly, they draw on a huge range of different sources, national and international, um, and distill it down. And that, that's, that's really helpful. That, that, that has allowed us to get to some real kind of essential threads. Recognising, of course, that those things are not written in the context of ITT, they're they're written in the context of you know what makes successful schools and what makes teachers successful, and and again remembering that we've then translated that into something that works for people right at the very start in the first few weeks and months of their of their time in the profession. But what they do those the, both those those reports and the evidence base that goes with them is offer some best bets. And I think that's that's where we've we've taken a, a kind of clear position as well. We've tried to say, look, we know we know there is no certainty um, a, a, about how to be a great teacher. Um, I think it's Dylan William who says, you know, everything works somewhere, but nothing works everywhere, and that's that's very true in such a, a complex environment as the classroom, um, especially when we're working with lots of different classrooms in lots of different school settings. But what those two reports do is say, look, you know, out of all of this massive evidence, here is some good starting points that that really point towards. Um, some areas that that really should be focused on as 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 a, as a foundation. People will then develop those in different ways. They'll they'll come with different levels of expertise and, and understanding. But having a framework like those uh, those two sources has been really significant. I think for us to to say this is the territory we're working within. And of course, then we've been thinking about how they relate to the teacher standards. The teacher standards since 2012 have obviously been the, you know, the document that we've worked towards, but but trying not to see that as a kind of a, cur- a set of curriculum statements. Brilliant. And uh, a little sneak preview for everybody that um, Professor Rob Coe is going to be talking with me uh, for our next episode, all about the new Great Teaching Toolkit. Um, and we're very excited to be starting some work with him looking at across a, num- a number of providers, you know, what, what is it that makes a great initial teacher training pro- programme work? So, um, yeah, look out, look out for that one coming up in the next few weeks. You can probably guess by um, seeing the kind of material that we're using on the podcasts as well. So if you haven't yet heard Claire Grimes talking about um, Rosenshine's principles in the, the previous episode that we've just had. But obviously, uh, from this academic year, there's, there's been the introduction of the ITT core content framework. Um, and again, if you haven't uh, listened to the episode that I did back with uh, Sam Twizzleton back in 2020, so Sam was the uh chair of the expert review that um, set up the ITT core content framework. We're, we're now in a position where the, the ITT core content framework is the minimum spec of what's what's expected for all um, initial teacher training. It might be interesting just for us to, to explore a little bit about how we've translated that framework into our carefully sequenced curriculum of education. There was a lot of interest in, 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 in that process to, to reflect nationally on, on, on those questions that we, in a sense, have, have, have been focused on since the outset about what, what needs to be there, what should be present in these crucial early, early stages. And so the core content framework broken down into five uh, broad headings. 
Um, I think what was interesting about that is that it moved away from the, the teacher standards as being the driving force and, and did have a real uh, focus on, on, on what do people need in those very early stages. That's different from the kind of the teacher standards that would exist as, 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 as the, the kind of mechanism that we operate within all the way through our profession. And so the, the, the research process, the collection of, of evidence from that, uh, that expert group drew together those, those five, five strands. And we, we really recognised that actually that they were there in what we were doing already. We looked at the language, we looked at the, the research base, we looked at the papers, most of which um, we'd, we'd, we'd had as part of our kind of approach already. But we, I suppose, wanted to move a little bit beyond um, those five, recognising that there are some distinctive things uh, about us uh, as an organisation. And, and that those are things that really have developed over time, partly through our work as a partnership, partly trying to reflect who who we serve, as it were, who we who we exist in partnership with. And so we we took those first five key areas of, of, of behavior. We developed that a little bit to talk about behaviors. One of the areas of work that we do a lot is, is thinking about people in those very early stages, it, it, your own behaviors. How, how are you kind of um, developing a sense of self and, and, and self-awareness? The, the strand of pedagogy, thinking about how children learn, drawing on lots of the work in recent years on, on, on kind of co- cognitive science and, 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 and the real study of, of, of learning and how children learn at different stages. One of the things that we're always fascinated by is, um, and, 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 and is a real strength, I think, of our partnership work is that we, we, we work with, with people who spend most of their working lives with three and four-year-olds and some with 17 and 18-year-olds, some of the very highest achievers, um, some with very complex needs. And so thinking about that very broad sense of, of pedagogy across that very diverse system is really fascinating and introducing those things. To, to our associate teachers, a, a real focus on subject and curriculum. How how is an individual subject formulated? How is it broken down to be made accessible? Uh, that the real kind of depth of understanding. And we have a brilliant group of of colleagues who develop our our subject uh, curriculum and run our subject strands. The element of assessment, of course, again part of that core content framework. And then the the, the final one of the five headings, the professional relationships and responsibilities drawing in some respects on part two of the teacher standards that's been there since 2012 and to to those five we then wanted to develop further so we've added a a strand that we've called values Um, what we what we've identified right from the outset is that as a partnership we we want to think about what drives people what motivates them um what 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 is it that's that, that's brought them into the profession at a time when we know there have been real concerns about retention in the profession we've really helped people i i, I hope and, and and we focused on helping them kind of understand and cultivate their own their own sense of uh, moral determination about what it is that that, that they're wanting to achieve as a, as a teacher um, and so exploring those values sometimes looking of course at the at the, at the potential kind of paradoxes and conflicts that may exist uh, in terms of how people articulate them but but being very overt to say what is this stuff that's to do with values and then the final bit that we just thought was essential um, was a real focus on well-being for for associate teachers for for the for the children and young people they work with for the colleagues that they operate with um, and having that running uh, again as as, as, the, as the final strand through everything we do we we want people to thrive in this profession 
Um, you and I have both clocked up a, a good quarter century, I think, in, in the classroom, amongst other things. And and we want that for others. We want it to be a thing that people are proud of, that they can have a sustainable life-work balance uh, or work-life balance, depending on the semantics of which you put first. And so that that thread really, you know, we, we don't we don't want people burning out. We don't want people getting a couple of years into the profession and, and thinking that this isn't sustainable for them. And we can't solve all of those problems, but I think we can equip people early on with some some really successful strategies but also uh, developing a kind of a mindset about sustainability and flourishing um, and, and, and well-being, which, which has been really important to us. So those were the, the seven areas that we wanted to have as, as our kind of stick of rock threads through everything we do for, for the associate teachers, for mentors, for senior links, for head teachers, for pupils, and, and for us as a central team as well. You know, those are the things that we want to, to attend to and return to in our thinking. So that what we're talking about is then also what is going on in schools as well and, and, and the connections there. So the development of those seven things, again, very much coming through our work as a partnership and the contributions of senior leaders, chief executives, head teachers, mentors, classroom teachers, ex-associate teachers, all of those people bringing, bringing their perspectives to bear on, on those seven strands has, has been really exciting work, I think. When we were really kind of drawing all of this together, um, this was this was you know well well before um, lockdown started back in in twenty twenty. And my goodness, it's 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 those last two more than anything else that that are the ones that are, are really driving public um, thinking in a way about um, what what's what's absolutely at the, at the heart of, of of school at the moment. And uh, you know I was you know just just reading the news today. Um, before we started to do this podcast and, and thinking about, you know, just just the importance of um, well-being and there's you know reports today in the news saying you know schools should be thinking about prioritising which children are the most vulnerable in order to get them back into school more quickly than others. Obviously, we want everybody back um, as soon as everybody's safe to be able to, to be back. Um, but you know, part of our curriculum is is helping people to think about that whole big picture of of what matters. So for us. With with our curriculum, but one of the things that we've um, we've really been thinking about, uh, particularly o- over the last kind of two or three years, has been thinking about um, the the way in which we've we've got this sense of um, how we implement our curriculum in, in terms of the individual subject areas. So maybe Patrick, let's have a little talk about some some of the more recent developments that we've made, thinking about about that aspect of, of being a, a not just a great teacher, but a great teacher of a particular subject or phase. One of the things that I think we find really interesting is that we work with with associate teachers training to be primary teachers, either on our three to seven or our five to eleven age range program. And we 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 work with 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 teachers going into secondary in the whole range of secondary subjects and so thinking about what is distinctive what is unique about a subject is one of the real joys of this work the school system has moved away or is hopefully moving away from what probably at times in 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 the last couple of decades was with some real challenges to do with kind of genericism, um, treating all subjects the same. And of course, you know, we, we, we've absolutely recognised that they're not. We, we recognise that, that there are threads, that there are elements of, uh, of, of subjects that, that, that translate from one to another. There are overlaps between them, but actually celebrating 
um, really the unique identity of, of each subject is absolutely one of the things that we're keen to do, both at primary and at secondary level. And, and, and one of the, 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 the really interesting things is we, we quite often have people who are training in a secondary subject who uh, then engage and take part in, in some of the sessions for, for our associate teachers training in primary because they're so keen to see where the, the journey goes from, um, from the very early foundations of a subject with three, four, five-year-olds right the way through to GCSE and A-level. And then, of course, you know, some will go beyond that further in, in, in their academic careers as well. So we've, we've been keen to say, look, let's, let's explore the nature of a, of, of a subject um, we, we tended to use the, the Lee Shulman model of, of the kind of three strands of a subject. Uh, and and that, that's really helpful as well. There's, the, there's, you know, the essence of a subject. What is it? What are the unique distinctive truths about that subject? What is it that art as a subject is trying to do that is different from, from English or physics or PE? What, what, what is it that, that it brings to a child's life? Why do we value it? Um, and give it time on the curriculum through to then how do we take those big truths uh, and big questions to translate them into into ways that 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 children and young people can 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 uh, can access them can understand them can engage with them can see themselves in them to to start their journey uh, at a personal level and then how do we as teachers then organize that how do we organize the the kind of schemata of it. How do we sequence different aspects uh, of that subject? So lots of different input, I suppose. And 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 we've been keen from the outset to say, look, the, 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 these are vast things, and we're very much at pains to say to people when they start um, considering uh, training with us. You can look at the national curriculum for primary, uh, and you can very rapidly feel quite overwhelmed. There's you know pages and pages and pages of really dense. Um, detailed stuff that that, that realistically it, it would be very difficult to cover all of that and feel like you were an expert in it at, at every level for every subject but of course what we're trying to do is say here are some tools here are some routes through this here is some uh, again here are some sort of well-trodden paths that schools may divert from that you further down the line in your in your work as a teacher you may think actually we need more of this or less of this but but here are some routes through and our subject specialists do a brilliant job of that of distilling down the enormity sometimes of those subjects that can feel quite overwhelming for the for the novice early on and say it's not about knowing everything it's not about having covered all of these things but it's about the tools that you have um, to be able to develop a sense of expertise that you can then use to carve out routes for your own uh, classes your own children through that and that that's the exciting stuff to to think okay if we're talking about assessment there are some generic principles of assessment that are at, at, at play in school but actually it may look different in one subject to the next and and, and let's not try and enforce you know a, a, a construct over every subject that is inappropriate and, I, and i'm pleased as a system we've moved away from that and that's very much where we're at at the moment really trying to let the subjects kind of sing trying to bring them to life um, w- without constraining them saying you've got to be like this because that's how we all do it we really want to kind of really emphasize and this is for those of you who are mentors listening in um, that uh, the, the, the idea that you you go to train to become a teacher and you, you go to your subject specialist sessions and that's all you get in terms of the training about being a, a, 
a specialist of uh, a teacher, a teacher of that phase or that subject just isn't the case at all. And one of the really exciting things that's going on for, for all of our associate teachers, our trainee teachers in their schools is, is being involved in actually putting together, whether it be designing a, a sequence of lessons or an entire curriculum, that we're not just finding out about this stuff, we really are putting it into practice and we really are able to to, to see the, the impact that it's having on children in school, um, not immediately, but it almost immediately. And, and that's, that's part of the, the way in which we've got, for example, a couple of big school projects that we do, one looking at um, pupil progress and one looking at planning a, um, a sequence of lessons um, over, over a whole term to see what, what happens with that, how it works, and talking through that as part of our assessment process at the end of each um, chunk of the programme as we go through. Patrick, I think... We, 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 mustn't, we mustn't get to the end of this uh, podcast uh, without talking about two other things. One is the importance that we've placed on reflection, uh, and, the, and the other is the importance that we place on what goes on in the, in the placement school um, for people who are training. So um, maybe let's just start by thinking about, about what we mean when we talk about being a, being a reflective uh, teacher. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that is that that again was one of the, the the first principles when we were when we were thinking about right at the start setting up the skit and then and then with our our curriculum, how do we how do we give people enough uh, kind of depth and context to be able to make informed reflections on on what's what's going on and again. This is where that, that transition from novice to expert is, is so important. Simply sending people into schools to say, have a look at this and tell us if it's any good or tell us what's going on or, or, or think about, about whether, it's, whether it's effective, be that your own practice or what you see going on with, with other colleagues, um, requires a framework, requires a, a, you know, various mechanisms to allow an individual to, to make sense of what, what's going on. And, and, and in this initial training period, we're trying to illuminate some of the things that are going on to, to, to bring people's attention to them, uh, again, in an intentional, focused way to say, look, this is why this is happening. This is why this is there. Um, there may be other ways of doing it. Let's think about what those other ways uh, might be. Let's think about whether there might be more effective ways. But that needs to be done within, within a framework that, that, that has some coherence, that has some rigor, that is, is alert to the fact that often people, you know, one of the, one of the things that we often talk about with novices, be they people starting their training with us or, or, or children starting to develop expertise, is that they, they see things in different ways. They may see quite fragmented parts of the picture, but not the whole. And so what we're trying to do with, 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 with our reflective uh, processes is, is, is give a focus, give a lens to say, let's, let's think about this aspect, uh, be that behavior management, be it subject development, be it assessment, and then Let's look at it in different ways. Let's look at it from, uh, you know, a, a whole school perspective in terms of why the, the curriculum is sequenced like that. But let's think a bit about it from the perspective of different children. How might how might it be viewed by somebody who's quite uh, who, who's picking it up very quickly, who's really getting stuck into it very rapidly, compared to somebody who's maybe struggling to access some of those aspects uh, of, of of the curriculum. And so, reflecting on their experiences. Uh, is 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 really helpful, and, and we have various mechanisms then, um, various different school-based projects and tasks that allow 
people to take a different filter, as it were, and say, okay, reflect on it in this context, reflect on it in this context. So effectiveness is, is, is about, you know, is, is it successful? Is it supporting learning um, from different perspectives? And I think then that, that set of filters then we, we use throughout the programme for people to reflect on these different, these seven different core areas. Um, and so our assessment structures um, very much driven by the associate teacher looking at their holistic um, development, looking at those seven strands, I suppose asking them to, to relate what's going on in their classroom practice with what they're thinking about in, in, in our central sessions, in their own reading and development. Again, to, to try and draw those things together. So, you know, we've had some input on these particular strands. Which have you tried out? Which was successful? Which worked? Which of these best bets from the that we talked about from the Great Teaching Toolkit have you really seen in, 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 as being successful in your own practice? And where might we go next? So that initial kind of sense of reflection from the associate teachers, then, of course, supported by our expert mentors, they have a kind of greater depth of understanding. They're brilliant at kind of directing and pointing and saying, okay, so we've got we've got a sense of that element, but what about this? And what about what it's like from that individual perspective? And where might we go next? So in a very supportive way, gen, uh, gently moving on, how can we get better at this bit? How can we gain more depth of, of, of understanding in there? And then I suppose the other strand of, of reflection that we we hopefully kind of model and exemplify through everything we do is, is we're constantly reflecting as, as, as a partnership. So as a central team, we meet constantly, we, we review, um, we review our, our, our curriculum, we review our, our training sessions, we review our uh, communication processes. We then do that formally at lots of different stages with, with our associate teachers, with mentors, with senior links, with head teachers. We, we've now got people who are many years into the profession who are still thinking about and reflecting on, on, on their initial learning with us and how that informed their route through the profession. And, and that, that's a thing that I think, I hope we, we, we model and exemplify uh, as always asking questions. How, how can we improve this? How can we become more effective? Uh, you know, and it's a delight last week chatting with a colleague who's now head of faculty in one of our partner schools who trained with us five or six years ago and the threads that have stuck with her and, and where she's continued to use that through her journey from from an associate teacher to a newly qualified teacher then a little bit later on to becoming a mentor um, working within our school and then on to becoming a, a middle leader and involved in in whole school projects as well all of those things allow us to see where where we've been successful and where we can improve further and and, and so that kind of sense of being a reflective organization it being embedded in what we do as well as supporting the individuals hopefully those two things mirror each other and and feed off each other and and in a way that kind of leads us very nicely into into to the kind of the, the final part of it which is is that our curriculum is is not um it's not a separate entity from what happens in terms of what's going on in, in placement schools um, and I suppose what we want to really try and, and emphasise, particularly if you're listening in and you're a mentor or a senior link um, to our podcast, is that um, you know we, we really view what what you do as, as aligning with and reinforcing everything that's going on within within the professional learning that we do um, away from placement schools, and and thinking about that. So so maybe Patrick, let's just have a little think about that one to finish off for today. 
you know, those, those two questions that we talked about at the start, what do people need to start their career? What do they need to, to sustain them and help them flourish and help them be, uh, you, you know, critical voices within the system uh, as well? And I think that's where the, the, the range of people who we, who we bring into the discussion about the curriculum is, is so vital. We, we recognise that schools are different. We, uh, you know, operate in different ways, have different systems and processes and mechanisms, but in essence, are, are driving at very similar, uh, you know, overall visions and, 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 and outcomes. And, and so we, we're able to draw that richness into the curriculum. Um, we're not saying this is the prescribed model. This is the only way to do things. What we're equipping people with is, is, is those tools to kind of reflect on and, and think about the, the usefulness in a particular context. And it is, it, it, it's, it's that sense of, you know, best bets, some, some, some good questions to ask, some good areas for exploration, but without saying this is the only way to do it. This is the only the route. And so drawing in people. So we have a, a brilliant group of colleagues, part of our steering group, who meet regularly to kind of review aspects. We'll be meeting next month again to, to talk about, you know, the next stage of our curriculum development. Lots of mentors involved with that because they are the people really at the, at the interface between school and professional learning and development. They, they, they see how the associate teachers are, are, are taking on the input and then implementing it in their thinking and vice versa they're seeing what the associate teachers are understanding from their school context and then feeding back and 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 it's that sense of developing expertise that the mentors uh, are so brilliant at that means their input into into the the development of what we do the different strands is, is so is so vital and that again just to go back that's where lots of the work on on kind of well-being and sustainability on nurturing values comes from because what we what we recognised from the outset was once somebody starts on this journey, we want them to finish. We have, therefore, one of the kind of highest completion rates of, of any ICT provider in the country. The flexibility uh, and the creativity, I think, that mentors uh, and associate teachers are bringing uh, means that that, that that people are involved in some really exciting, um, very fresh, very new, very rewarding work that is supporting both their own development and the work that their schools are doing at, at this time of sort of significant um, crisis. And that, that I think, is, is where we're seeing the, 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 the kind of fruits of our labour in, 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 in the ways in which people are, are taking it in different directions. Patrick, it's been a real pleasure, uh, as always. Um, I, I feel very lucky to be to working with, with such a fantastic team, despite the fact that we haven't seen each other face-to-face uh, yet this year. Pleasure, as always, to, to talk with Thank you. Thank you. No, absolutely. And indeed, likewise, the, 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 you know, the central team and the wider contributions from, the, from, from colleagues across the partnership in, in terms of supporting what we do to, to, to make sure that, that, that there's a kind of sense of thriving and flourishing, I think, is, is, is really important, even even in these challenging circumstances um, and, and, and just hearing what the associate teachers are up to and, and of course working with our NQTs as we do to know that they're able to draw on what we what we supported them with as a central team and as a partnership through their mentors and senior links uh, uh, and the joy and excitement that they're experiencing in their work is, is really what makes the, the difference. <laughs>